Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, William Shatner's The Transformed Man from 1968. Steven Spielberg's Jaws was released in theaters 45 years ago on June 20th, 1975. It's still thought of as one of the best films ever made and is considered to be the first film of the blockbuster era. It was a pop culture phenomenon that even inspired what would become the last jump of Evil Knievel's career. It had a press release claiming an attempted leap over the world's largest indoor saltwater pool, which will be filled with man-eating killer sharks. Knievel never made it past the practice run, breaking his forearm and collarbone. But this jump would serve as the inspiration for one of television's most infamous moments. On September 20th, 1977, the ABC sitcom Happy Days aired an episode entitled Hollywood Part 3. In the episode, Fonzie is challenged to jump over a tiger shark on water skis. A challenge that he not only accepts, but even does it while still wearing his leather jacket. Here we go, Fonz! I'm heading for the ramp! Are you sure you want to do it? That episode inspired the term jumping the shark referring to the point at which the quality of a TV series starts to decline. This was season five of Happy Days, and that was a notable season for several reasons. In February of 1978, an episode aired entitled My Favorite Orkin, which would introduce the mainstream to a comedian named Robin Williams. Wait a minute, who are you? I am Mark, from Mark. Your mother. <laughs> <laughs> That appearance landed Williams a spin-off series, Mork and Mindy. It's widely believed, though I haven't found complete confirmation, that Mork's uniform that he wore in the Happy Days episode was a repurposed uniform from Colonel Green in a 1969 episode of Star Trek titled Savage Curtain. Perhaps coincidentally, perhaps not, additional music on that Happy Days episode was composed by Don Ralkey. Ralkey had been working as a composer, arranger, and producer since the late 1950s. In the 60s, his son Cliff Ralkey was working as a TV crew member on Star Trek. Between shoots, Cliff Ralkey would often talk to the show's lead, William Shatner. At that time, Cliff was also working as a record producer, performer, writing TV scripts, and even managing bands. Ralkey and Shatner often discussed music, poetry, and Shakespeare. And one day Shatner told him he had an idea of putting Shakespeare to music. Shatner's love of music had come from going to the theater as a child growing up in Canada. He fell in love with musicals. And then as a student at Montreal's McGill University, Shatner was acting, writing, and producing musical theater. The main problem he had was that he couldn't really sing. After college, he trained as a Shakespearean actor. Throughout the 50s, he would make his Broadway, film, and television debut. One of his earliest TV roles was playing Ranger Bob on the Canadian version of Howdy Doody. When the 60s came around, he was the lead in Roger Corman's movie The Intruder and started one of the most famous episodes of The Twilight Zone, Nightmare at 2,000 Feet, which was directed by Richard Donner. What's going on? There's a man out there. I, 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 I don't know what's going on here. Will you please 
Look in the name of But of course, his big break came in 1966. Space, the final frontier. But that almost didn't happen. The pilot for Star Trek, titled The Cage, was first shot in late 1964. Check the circuit. All operating, sir. Can't be the screen then. It begins on the bridge of a recognizable Starship Enterprise, commanded by Captain Christopher Pike, played by the late Jeff Hunter. Still something out there. I put a woman second in command of our Starship. All decks are ready, sir. And I had written in another character who wasn't even human. Spot here. An alien who looked like Satan himself. That's Star Trek creator Gene Roddenberry from a Star Trek VHS release in 1986. That was when The Cage was first released to the public. NBC had commissioned the pilot and passed. They called it too cerebral and said it didn't have enough action. The network's very top program executive was impressed by the fact that this film made him feel as if it had actually been flying in a spaceship. Doing something almost never done before, the network ordered a second pilot. And this one had better be familiar action-adventure or else. Supposedly it was Lucille Ball that convinced NBC management to consider shooting a second pilot because she liked Gene Roddenberry and believed in the project. Her Desi Lu production company had produced the pilot. When the second pilot was being cast, Jeffrey Hunter, who'd played Captain Pike, chose not to return. So a replacement character was created, Captain James T. Kirk. Jack Lord and Lloyd Bridges were considered for the role, but it ultimately went to 34-year-old William Shatner. During its original run, Star Trek had some diehard fans, but overall received low ratings. When the second season's ratings started to decline even further, Shatner was convinced the show would be canceled and began to prepare for other projects. And from what I can gather from my research, this might be around the time that Shatner struck up these conversations about music and Shakespeare with Cliff Ralke. So in 1968, William Shatner released The Transformed Man on Decca Records. Get a life, <laughs> The back cover of The Transformed Man features a note from Shatner. He says that one day Cliff Ralke brought him a song and a poem both by Frank Devonport. Shatner goes on to say, quote, As I read over the material, I felt an immediate identification. I knew this was the work of a truly gifted poet, a first-rate talent, and I wanted to do something with it. I learned that Frank is also a pianist and orchestrator, besides doing literary translations. He did a beautiful job on the translations of Serenau and Spleen from the French, which I decided would be great for the album. End quote. It was after this that Cliff Ralke introduced Shatner to his father, Don Ralke, who would not only produce the album, but also do orchestrations and composed original music. Combine all of these elements and you have the album's opener. King Henry V slash Elegy for the Brave. King Henry V and his army are surrounded by the enemy. His men are weary and dispirited. It has been an unpopular war and the men want to quit fighting and return to their homes. But the French are on all sides outnumbering the English by many. As the men reluctantly prepare to return to battle, King Henry, astride his horse, sword in hand, tries to rally his men and ignite their waning courage. 
All but one of the tracks on the album are grouped together in pairs. Don Ralke explains in a note on the back cover, saying, quote, The idea of grouping numbers together in pairs is to unfold multiple perspectives of the same subject, like two sides of a coin, tension, and resolution. For example, in King Henry V, the intense speech inciting the soldiers to battle is contrasted with the quiet and poignant aftermath of war in Elegy for the Brave. End quote. Each track is listed as a band. King Henry V slash Elegy for the Brave is listed as Side 1, Band 1. For Side 1, Band 2, Ralke composed music along with words and translation from Devonport for Theme from Cyrano. What would you have me do? Seek out some wealthy patron and crawl like a clinging vine up the lordly tree, rising by deceit and trickery instead of my own strength? No, thank you. Imitate what others do and dedicate my works to the rich in the hope of arousing a smile of recognition from some sterile face? No, thank you. The second half of Band 2 then transitions into a version of a song written by Bob Dylan, Mr. Tambourine Man. In 1965, the American band The Birds released their own version only one month after Dylan. It was their debut single, and it went to number one. The same can't be said about Shatner's version. I'm not sleepy, and there is no place I'm going to. Jingle, jangle morning. I'll come following you. For the final band of side one, Shatner tackles some more Shakespeare with Ralke's musical accompaniment. This time it's a selection from Shakespeare's longest play, The Tragedy of Hamlet, Prince of Denmark, usually referred to simply as Hamlet. In 1969, Shatner even performed this on the Mike Douglas show. Bill Shatner has uh, an album is fascinating because it's it's entirely different from anything I've ever heard. A Monday you did one. I did a second piece, Romeo and Juliet yes. and uh, Hans Hensler. T- today I'd like to do uh, to be or not to be uh, contrasted with the song. It was a very good year. The pessimism uh, and the hopelessness of to die or not to die by Hamlet counterpointed with the optimism of it was a very good year. Oh, William Shatner. Hamlet's endurance has reached the breaking point. His father has been murdered. His mother, whom he loves dearly, has married her dead husband's brother. Moreover, his sweetheart, Ophelia, has been acting very strangely. He senses that she does not love him anymore. Now, he's all alone. As Shatner stated in the clip, the counterpoint is the optimism of Irvin Drake's It Was a Very Good Year a song originally performed by Bob Shane with the Kingston Trio and later a Grammy Award-winning hit for Frank Sinatra. When I was 21, it was a very good year. It was a very good year for city girls who lived up the stair with perfumed hair. That came undone when I was 21. One of the very few credits listed on the album is for the engineer Stan Ross. 
Ross was the co-founder of Gold Star Studios in Los Angeles, where the album was recorded. In the early 1960s, Phil Spector used Gold Star Studios for most of his wall of sound recordings. Gold Star was also where portions of the Beach Boys' Pet Sounds was recorded. Shatner claims that the first time he heard the album all the way through, along with Don Ralkey and Stan Ross, it was deeper and more satisfying of a thrill than anything he'd ever experienced, even better than any of his acting accomplishments. On the album's back cover, he goes on to say, quote, The three of us sat there alone in the studio, transfixed until 2 a.m. I had a 5.30 a.m. call at Star Trek that morning, but I walked out of the studio on air and soared through the rest of the day. I was really in orbit, end quote. And yes, I did just say orbit because the back cover has a typo with orbit being split into two words. How insensitive. How insensitive I must have seemed when she told me that she loved me. The album is available to stream on Spotify. However, one of its standout tracks, or I guess I should say bands, is unavailable. Spleen was an old French poem by Charles Baudelaire, once again translated by Devonport. And Spleen is contrasted by a cover of the Beatles' Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Somebody calls you, you answer quite slowly. A girl! With kaleidoscope eyes. Cellophane flowers of yellow and green towering over your head. Look for the girl with the sun in her eyes. And she's gone! The album closes with the title track. A note from Don Ralkey on the back cover reads, quote, Transformed Man, Side 2, Band 3, stands alone because of its contrasting three-movement form. Earthly unreality, transitional awareness, contact with divinity. End quote. The eternal now. Then one day, in the split of a moment, the shutter within flashed open... And a gush of light flooded my being. I became as a pure crystal submerged in a translucent sea. And I knew that I had been awakened. I had touched the face of God. This is a pretty infamous album. When Geffen Records reissued The Transformed Man in 2004, Billboard reported that it had sold just 8,000 copies in the U.S. since Nielsen Soundscan began tracking in 1991. So I think it goes without saying that the album never charted. It's made several worst albums of all time lists over the years, but that hasn't stopped Shatner from continuing with music. He's made several albums, including Has Been in 2004, which was produced by Ben Folds, and as recent as 2018, he released both a country and a Christmas album. Don Ralkey wouldn't produce too many records after The Transformed Man. Most of his work turned to composing for television shows like Laverne and Shirley and, as I stated earlier, Happy Days. 
And one more note about that fifth season of Happy Days. It was the same season that introduced Fonzie's cousin, Chachi, played by Scott Bayo, who would release two albums of his own in the early 80s. But that is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums, and I'm at Tony Thaxton. You can also like Bizarre Albums on Facebook and visit BizarreAlbums.com. And if you still want more Bizarre Albums in your life, sign up for weekly bonus episodes of Bizarre Singles and more at Patreon.com slash Bizarre Albums. And as always, if you know of a Bizarre Album you'd like to hear featured, please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at bizarrealbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums. Bizarre Albums.